Good morning. It is uh, seven minutes after 11 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Brian, you always play this audio for me, and then you say, well, translate that for me. Yes, I do. Uh -huh. and, and we've done it with Kevin, too. Uh, but now I'm up against it, and I need you to translate for me. Okay. All right. This is uh, Fetterman in Pennsylvania, the Senate candidate against Dr. Oz, the guy that's beating Oz so far. And first, I just wanted to check in and see how, how you're feeling and how you're doing. I'm doing fa I'm doing fantastic, and and uh, it's not about you know, kicking balls uh, in the authority or anything. Huh? He was out playing um, soccer, and ah. uh, he was doing really great. Oh, uh huh. What what does that have to do with authorities? Nothing. He just letting you know that he just finished that activity, and you know he's getting back to uh, his regular routine. And first, I just wanted to check in and see how how you're feeling and how you're doing. I'm doing fa I'm doing fantastic, and and uh, it's not about you know, kicking balls uh, in the authority or anything. Kicking balls in the authority. <laughs> it's not kicking authority in the balls. No, it's... no, it's not that. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't make this up. Oh, uh, yeah. Did he go on? Because um, there must be some additional context that were Well, I kind of wanted, wanted a little more context, but it wasn't available. Um, somewhere it must be. I didn't have time to check it, but I heard that and I thought, well, what did he mean by kicking balls in the authority? <laughs> I mean, that, that just doesn't make sense. And, well, anyway... All right, so Credit Suisse is um, in trouble. They, they've been doing those uh, swap deals like we had here uh, in the States, credit default swaps, and their stock is falling through the floor. And I kind of combine this with the high price of gasoline, uh, the recession that's already started here, We've got so many things going on, the inflation, and I think at some point it's it's got to come to a head, and I think it's going to be like getting slammed. And if, if they fail at Credit Suisse, that's going to have implications even here. And if at the same time this inflation is out of control, the interest rates are going up, housing sales are going down. Something is going on in the economy that I think is going to be, as, as, frankly, as impactive as the housing market crash. I, I, I can't get to the bottom of it yet, but I've been doing my homework, and I, I think we got a real problem brewing. I think we're going to have a worldwide recession that is going to be deeper than we've seen Probably since the 20s, 30s. It, it just, I don't, I don't see how we get past all of this all at once. You get the major banks failing, you get uh, the inflation, uh, the high interest, uh, you, you, you got the supply chain problem, it, you, you cut off uh, access to carbon fuels. It just, something feels bad. I'll see if I can get somebody on to, to give us a little more detail. 
But do you get that feeling, Brian, like it's kind of all closing in on us? It's it's not one thing. It's like five or six things all at once. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, uh, it's hard to put my finger on it, but something just doesn't feel right. It doesn't yeah. feel right. Um, we'll, we'll find out if, you know, if Credit Suisse with their credit default swaps uh, get in trouble uh, the, the way I think they are. I really, I've got a bad feeling. That's all I can tell you. So I've got a bad feeling about it. Uh, is this, a, all right, Gary, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Oh, good. Uh, last week, the I saw a conference of the, oh, they were the money managers of uh, like, oh, Fidelity, Guggenheim. They managed uh Seventeen and a half trillion, and there were bankers. There was Elon Musk, all the wealthy people, and they had the look of fear. And it's like World War Three in the financial institutions, Gary. What what has happened is um, they let credit be too cheap, too dang long. Uh, the genie's out of the bottle. We have. Uh, Farmland in Boone County selling for twenty grand an acre, and junky homes for four hundred thousand. <laughs> so uh, they're trying to get that rustled in. They can't, uh, and yeah, there could be a systematic risk. You're not just whistling in the wind if if those banks go, our banks go, also. Um, well, there's certainly going to be a ripple effect. The issue that I just heard, and I've been hearing it since this weekend, is Saudi Arabia has got tired of Biden and the USA manipulating the oil markets, and they have had it. They are taking, they are taking uh, one and a half million barrels of oil off the market. Yeah, we talked about this earlier today. OPEC I mean, and Russia. I think it's World War Three in the econ economic thing, and no one knows how to end up, Gary. It's not going to be good, though. Yeah, I, good. something is something is boiling, and I, I just I'm not sure how this is going to pan out, but I think it's going to be big. Gary, thank You're you. Right. Keep following. Bye. All right, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. It's going to be big, whatever it is, and we, you know, we just we're spending ourselves into oblivion. By the way, Brian, I think we should uh, we should check and see where we're at. See if we've hit twenty. Uh, uh, if we're on our way to thirty-one, uh, how close we 31, are? Thirty-one nine twenty-nine. I'm sorry, thirty-nine twenty-nine. Wow, that's by the end of the week. It should uh, eclipse thirty-one. You think so? I don't think it'll maybe. It, it, I think it'll take a little bit longer than that, but it's going to hit. It's going to hit, and it ain't going to be pretty. 874-9390, uh, toll-free, 800-529-5572. L.A. Times has a piece. From his perch in an elementary school gym during last month's Michigan primary, Grand Rapids City Clerk Joel Hondrup oversaw the electronic book of eligible voters, the first-time election worker uh, Kimberly and uh, Shane uh, Becker also helped check people in and explain how to fill out ballots. These are P 
people who didn't trust the last election. And I'm wondering if there are any groups in Boone County who are also similarly curious and willing to, you know, kind of get in the mix to be a part of it. I, I, I generally think there are not a lot of Republicans or conservatives who, you know, get involved in the nitty gritty of the election. They don't go watch them do the count or get involved in in running the machines and and uh, bringing people in and, and and teaching them how to work the machines that sort of thing. There may there are some, but I don't think there are a lot. And I'm curious to see if there any anybody if there's anybody out there who didn't trust the last election and who are as a result of that getting involved in the process. You just got to go to a Trump rally or go to a Biden rally. That'll tell you who won, uh, said a 53-year-old carpenter. Uh, they're, tr they're being trained, these Trump supporters, to go poll watching, I guess would be the term. Across the country, election clerks have spent the last two years waging an information and public relations battle to restore faith in elections. They're doing more TV interviews, giving more tours, retooling their social media presence. They're keeping up with legislation to overhaul elections and conspiracy theories spreading online. And they're redoubling their efforts to explain the exhaustive steps they take to prevent voter fraud and run secure elections. Are you getting involved? Are, are you watching? Are you getting involved in the election process in Boone County or wherever you're listening to me as the result of all of the assertions uh, that the uh, election was stolen. In Michigan, poll workers are hired and trained by local election clerks to help run voting precincts and count mail ballots. They're affiliated with a political party and often work in bipartisan teams. Poll challengers, meanwhile, are trained by and registered with political parties or interest groups, including both conservative activist organizations and left-leaning voter rights groups, to observe election workers and flag potential misconduct or election law violations by poll workers. Are you one of them? Are you doing something to, to, to assuage your, your fear that the election is being stolen. Give me a call if you are. 874-9390. 800-529-5572. There's a part of me, Brian, that would actually like to do that. I would like to stand there and watch. i like to see the process. How, how the sausage is made. Because the more people you have watching, and I think there should be cameras. I think there should be cameras. We should see how this machine works. We should see how uh, the votes are counted. So that the next time we have an election, we trust it. And the more we do this early voting, mail-in voting, the, the more leery I am of the outcome.
you shouldn't be mailing in your vote. And in fact, the Democrats are taking advantage of this. They know this is what happens. People will vote early and then they won't be affected by any information that comes out later on. You vote a month early, three weeks early, and something pops up and your candidate is, you know, in trouble or has done something that, that you don't like or you don't trust, and it's too late. You voted. Stop with this. Quit letting elections be handled through the mail and in advance. You're in the military. That's a difference. But if you're not, get off your arse and go vote. And if you can't, say la vie. It's not up to the government to bend over backwards to see to it that you get to the election. And in many cases, you just might not be able to do it. But at least we'll know that everybody came in to vote on election day, had all the information that they could possibly have before they made their decision. No, geez, I wish I'd known that before I voted. No opportunities for somebody else to take ballots and 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 uh, get them counted that shouldn't be. It just, it, it eliminates the appearance of fraud. And that's what we should be doing. We should be watching, getting involved, and making sure that we're watching the sausage be made. All right, Berkeley, and what are they up to? That's next. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It's uh, 24 minutes after 11. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Berkeley, uh, boy, that is a strange, strange place. I, can you imagine what it must be like to live in Berkeley and no. be a conservative? <laughs> no. You'd be like the only one. You'd, you'd go to the, uh, you know, some con conservative convention, and it would just be you in the phone booth. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, Jonathan Turley says uh, there's an interesting free speech fight brewing at the University of California Berkeley Law School after nine student groups banned any speaker that supports Israel or Zionism. The resolution adopted by the groups bar anyone who supports Zionism, uh, the apartheid state of Israel, and the occupation of Palestine. Berkeley Law's uh, dean, uh, a self-proclaimed Zionist, has observed that he himself would be banned from speaking uh, to the groups under this resolution. It was drafted by UC Berkeley's law students for justice in Palestine, stated that such speakers endanger the safety and welfare of Palestinian students on campus. The student groups who adopted the bylaw include Berkeley Law Muslim Student Association, Middle Eastern and North African Law Students Association, the... Wimixen, that's W-O-M-X-N of color. I guess that's women of color, but that's some new left-leaning uh, pronunciation and spelling. Uh, Asian Pacific American Law Students Association, Queer Caucus, Community Defense Project, Women of Berkeley Law, and Law Students of African Descent. Uh, 
I thought that this was supposed to be like an open sort tolerant of tolerant group. To, yeah, that progressives are are that way, but uh, only certainly not. Groups. Yeah, uh, apparently if you're uh, pro-Israel, uh, then you got a pro. What is their hate for Israel? You know, I, I, I'll give you a little bit of background on on uh, me so that you know. My, my grandparents are right from Lebanon. My mother was 100% Middle East descent, 100% Lebanese, spoke Arabic as fluently as she spoke English. And she was not happy with Israel being created in 1948. I got to hear all of her side of the story. And I have serious questions about how Israel got started. But that was 1948. They've been around for decades. And at some point, you you look back at history and you see that, well... People get conquered. The Palestinians got conquered. Now, whether you agree with how the country started or not, they got started. And they're productive. And, you know, maybe we just leave it alone. I'm, I'm not a big fan of spending our tax dollars to defend or protect them. I think they ought to protect themselves. But overall, I got no problem with Israel existing. It exists. It is. And there's not a lot we can do about it. But for Berkeley, apparently, they, they're they just so anti-Israeli, anti-Jewish, that they're, they're saying you can't come on the campus and even talk. And what's interesting to me is that even if you disagreed with Israel, wouldn't you want to hear what they had to say? Wouldn't you, as a tolerant university, want to know what the other side thinks and why they think what they think? I don't watch MSNBC because I enjoy their politics. I want to know how they think. I love it when Eric the Liberal calls. I love it when any progressive calls. Not only are they fun to play with, but it gives me an understanding of how they think. But apparently at a university where you should be learning how to think, they don't want you to be exposed to both sides. What a peculiar place. Yeah, I would feel out of place there. Absolutely. What a bizarre way to run a university. Um, Don Serber has a piece. I've been telling you now for weeks that I think the Republicans are going to win not only the House, but the Senate as well. I think the momentum is starting to build. Don Serber has a great piece about an ABC poll. I'll share that in, that information next on the Gary Nolan Show. Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 35 minutes after 11 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. Uh, I'm going to get to this uh, server piece, and, and it really is, um, it, it gives credence to my belief that the Republicans 
are going to win the Senate. But a part of that uh, is a story that's breaking right now at CNBC. More consumers are living paycheck to paycheck. Indicates many are continuing to lose their financial stability. Uh, apparently, Lending Club uh, did a survey. As of August, 60% of Americans were living paycheck to paycheck, according to this uh, report from Lending Club. Um, This is because the inflation has hit uh, 40-year highs. A year ago, the number of adults who felt stretched too thin was closer to 55%. Even high-income earners are feeling the strain. Brian, are you feeling the strain? It says high-income earners. Uh, Anyway, uh, of those earning more than six figures, 45% reported living paycheck to paycheck, a jump from the previous 38%. More consumers living paycheck to paycheck indicates that many are continuing to lose financial stability. The Consumer Price Index, which measures the average change in prices for consumers' goods and services, rose higher than expected at 8.3% in August, driven by increases in food, shelter, and medical care costs. So, even with pay going up, it's not not keeping up with inflation. So, this affects the election. Abortion? Not so much. The ruling from the Supreme Court on the Environmental Protection Agency, not not so much. Can I feed my family? That's an effect. Can I gas up the car and go to work? That has an effect. And the net result is more confidence uh, that I have that the Republicans are going to take control of the Senate as well as the House. Because I think that is going to weigh very, very heavily on the minds of voters. I also don't trust the polling. I think they oversample Democrats and undersample independents and Republicans. And I think that's a problem. I also think there are a lot of Republicans who won't admit that they're voting Republican. Somebody, it's a stranger, calls them up at their house or on their cell phone and wants to know which way they're voting. I think they mislead. And for a whole host of reasons. Not just because they hate pollsters, but I think they want the polling data to be skewed, and I think they're afraid that they could be outed. So I think the polling data is not to be trusted. But add to that the latest ABC News Washington Post poll. Quote, among those living in congressional districts, that are rated as at least somewhat competitive by ABC's 538, uh, this means not not solidly Democrat or Republican, registered voters favor Republican candidates by a 55 to 34 percent margin, nearly as big as the Republican lead uh, in solid GOP districts, plus 24 uh, so Democrats lead by 35 in solid Democratic districts, pointing to a potential overvote where they are most prevalent. And who cares? I mean, it's, it's not going to change any outcome. 
whether if you're in a blue district, if uh, 50%, uh, 51% of your people vote Democrat or 70% vote Democrat, you're in a blue district. So much for reports that the red wave is petering out. 538 lists a whopping 50 states as competitive. 11 held by Republicans. Two are new seats. 37 held by Democrats. 538 gives Republicans the edge in 20 of those 50 races. That would be a nine-seat gain. But as pollsters who did the ABC Washington Post poll pointed out, that since 1946, when a president's approval rating is 50%, his party loses 14 seats. Under 50, 37 seats. Biden is at 39%. The problem, according to Karl Rove, for Democrats is that abortion and climate are less important to voters than pocketbook and safety concerns. When asked in the ABC News Washington Post poll to pick their most important issue, 26% chose the economy. 21% inflation. You know, you can kind of combine those together. 14% Crime, making the GOP agenda the main focus of 61% of voters. By contrast, 22% said abortion, 13% said climate change, leaving 35% of the electorate prioritizing the Democrats' agenda. I'm telling you, this is going to work out better than the pollsters indicate. You can't feed your family. I mean, that's just number one. And if, as I said earlier in the program, there is some economic roiling going on that I think is going to lead to a much more severe recession, I think the Democrats are are going to be in really big trouble. Combine that with the oil prices going back up. Brian, when's the last time you bought gas? Uh, this weekend, and I had a significant gas discount uh, at a local grocery store, so it, I wasn't really impacted by it. Ah, I had uh, like ninety cents off per gallon. Woo! Yep, that's interesting. And I filled completely all the way up, and it was the- it was still like uh, sixty bucks for a twenty gallon tank. Sixty dollars, and that was a good price. And that was a good price. Yeah. So at ninety cents. Off a gallon. Wow, that could have been really steep. I'm telling you, it's it's going back up again. It's inching up slowly. And that has to have the the administration frightened to death. They're kind of like having a race. Will those prices go back up fast enough that it demolishes the Democratic Party? Or will it be a slow increase and they can survive it? I think Biden needs to have another little discussion with the gas station owners. Let them well, know. they're they gouging. Need, you they know. are. Yeah, they're just it's, really bad people. You know. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. They're responsible. You they know, are. it's it's hard to believe, but there are gas station owners in Seattle colluding with gas station owners in Tennessee, <laughs> so they can raise prices. And the ones I'll tell you though, you know where the worst gas station owners are, Brian, is California. Yep. I mean, they are really colluding to rise, raise prices. You buy a gallon of regular gas in California, what is it, five, six bucks a gallon again? At least. 
nasty gas station owners. It's just and greedy oil companies, too. They're driving this whole thing. You, I'm a little perplexed about the oil companies. Because at first they were doing us, uh, you know, pretty fair prices. And then they got really, really greedy. Mm-hmm. And then they stopped being greedy and prices came down. Yeah, their greed comes and goes. I'm not and, sure why. Yeah, now they're getting greedy they again. Be- business meetings every morning. How you feeling, guys? I'm feeling a little greedy. <laughs> Maybe I'll raise my prices. Hey, anybody else want in? Hey, that's that's who we always blame. If you're a Democrat, it's the greedy businesses. I think this is going to have a much more serious impact. I I think the polling data is wrong. I don't I don't see how the Democrats pull this out. All right, up against the clock. Quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. Oh, the Republicans. Unbelievable. Actually, Donald Trump did this. I'll get to this in just a minute. Uh, But first, David on uh, greedy gas stations. David, welcome. How are you? Oh, pretty good, I guess. Hey, uh, I don't know what it is currently, but my aunt and uncle had a gas station in the 70s, and I remember them talking about making less than like 10 cents a gallon off the gas they sold. So I wonder if you guys would find out or where we'd find out what do they make. They I prob- It's probably hadn't changed, you know, percentage-wise, even though the dollar-wise is up. It's probably not that much that the station itself makes. Yeah, I, I think it's in uh, pennies on the dollar. I don't, I don't think it's very much. Yeah, um, but oh, they're greedy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're greedy. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> they're the reason. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. If that's all he did was sell gas, he wouldn't be eating. <laughs> yeah, that's why they have all those convenient marts attached to them, that's where they're right. selling chewing gum and, and coffee and and because uh, that's where the money is, not in the gas. The gas just brings them in. Yep. Yep. All, all right, right, David. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. All right. This will be a topic for next Saturday morning, uh, but it is worthy of mention. And I got to point out that it was Donald Trump that did this. Wasn't the Democrats. We always blame the Democrats. We're coming after our guns. But it was Donald Trump that got uh, BATF to find a way to ban bump stocks. If If you're not into AR-15s and you don't understand what a bump stock is... It is a way to literally hold your finger and then have the recoil of the firearm move back and forth. So instead of squeezing your trigger with your index finger, you're squeezing the trigger because the gun is moving against your index finger. It's not a fully automatic weapon. It's not easy to shoot that way with any kind of accuracy. You can hook your finger on uh, on your your thumb on your belt loop, and you can duplicate the effect. But a bump stock makes it a little bit easier. It's kind of fun. It's that's about the extent of it. But this guy in Las Vegas that that uh, shot everybody, one of his guns apparently had a bump stock on it, and it wasn't Joe Biden. It wasn't the Obamunist. It was. Donald Trump, who got them to ban it. So they've been challenging this in court ever ever since the, uh, the law was passed. Because it's not a fully automatic weapon. Fully automatic weapon, you squeeze the trigger with your index finger and you hold it. 
And as long as you hold it, and as long as you have ammunition in your magazine, it'll just keep spitting out lead. This is not that. This one, the trigger has to be pulled each time in order for a bullet uh, to be expelled. It's just that the gun is moving against the trigger, uh, against the index finger, instead of the index finger moving against the gun. That's the only difference. U.S. Supreme Court, which expanded gun rights in a major decision in June, on Monday declined to hear a challenge to a federal ban on devices called bump stocks that enable semi-automatic rifles or weapons, rather, to fire like a machine gun. It is not, and it does not. Uh, firearms control measure prompted by a 2017 Las Vegas mass shooting. They turned away appeals by a Utah gun lobbyist named Clark Apotian uh, and firearms rights groups at lower court rulings upholding the ban as reasonable interpretations of federal law prohibiting machine gun possession. It's not a machine gun. And frankly, the Constitution doesn't give them the limit, doesn't give them the right to limit even machine guns. Shall not be infringed. Right to own and bear arms shall not be infringed. I think the Supreme Court is intimidated by the left's outrage and decided to let this go. Bump stocks use a gun's recoil to bump its trigger, enabling a semi-automatic weapon to fire hundreds of rounds a minute to let it shoot like a machine gun. Trump pledged to ban them soon after a gunman used a semi-automatic weapon uh, outfitted with bump stocks uh, that killed 58 people. I don't even know if he used the bump stock. I would, I, I will tell you, I would be a little bit surprised if he was able to point, aim, and shoot accurately using a bump stock. All right, let me move on. We were talking about gas prices. Chris is on the line. Chris, welcome. How are you? All right. And just to throw in a, a point there, you know, we need to ban hood scoops on cars because it turns them into a race car, right? Yeah, that's about the same logic. Or we have to ban belt loops. That, too. Hey, the, the gas price deal, you always discuss how they turn and twist. They use actual numbers, then they use percentages, and they do this and they do that. Every time we've had gas prices up, they have these congressional hearings. They drag all these people and they show them. We only make certain percentage for refining the gas. We know that the oil is sold on the futures market. You have absolutely no control over that. It can go up and down. So just figure it out. If you make 5% on your product and you, you made, you know, a million dollars, you make this much profit. If it doubles in price, you sold $2 million worth at 5%. You doubled your profits. You doubled your money but you're still working the same profit margin. And they just, they play this game back and forth. If gas goes to $100 a gallon, I'll guarantee you the oil companies will have giant windfall revenues, but they're still making the same percentage they were making before. You know, you can look at companies like Apple and, and Microsoft, huge profit margins, way beyond what the, the oil industry is making. Nobody cares. Yeah. 
But I'm just saying that if you're making a, a certain percentage profit margin and the price doubles, triples, quadruples, you make double, triple, and quadruple the dollars. But you're making your same. You got you got to make a percentage to stay in business. Yep. Well, that's why you're never going to be a good Democrat, Chris. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah. Just never going to be a good Democrat. Listen, um, tomorrow's show, we're going to have Jennifer Bukowski on. And we'll talk to her about this, uh, this court case with the uh, bump stocks. Because I really don't understand how the Supreme Court could possibly rule that this is a fully automatic weapon. And I... You know, and I've said this before. I've said this on my gun show. I've said it on this show. Fully automatic is a fun way to shoot. It's a great way to empty your wallet because uh, the bullets go out about as fast as the uh, as your dollars or vice versa. It's just not a very accurate way to shoot. And if I'm not mistaken, in the military, they 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 try to limit the rounds. I think to three three rounds per. Per squeeze, I don't know. I, I don't. I thought I'd heard that somewhere. It's just it's not a very accurate way to shoot. And, and, an interesting thing is that you've got to really pay attention, concentrate, and work hard to keep that firearm shooting level because it wants to move up. You hold the trigger; it wants to move up into the left or up into the right. It just it's really hard to shoot. Uh, but they're banning bump stocks, and the Supreme Court didn't defend them. I think I think they didn't defend them because they were afraid. They've made so many decisions that were conservative that they didn't want to make this one. But it, hopefully this one comes back somehow, that somewhere along the line, somebody appeals this thing again, and they hear the case. But again, it wasn't a Democrat it was a Republican. And it's, you know, it's useless. I, I wouldn't own one. But I don't see where we have the right to keep you from owning one if you want one. We got to run. Glenn Beck is coming up. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.